You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. Hey, let's, if you've got your Bibles, let's go Acts chapter 1 tonight. And uh, I, I'm believing God uh, for a powerful night. But even beyond the powerful night, I'm believing God for you to experience a supernatural miracle in these 21 days of prayer. And so in a few moments, I'm going to invite you to actually run movies in your mind of a miracle that you're going to believe God for. And when I use the word miracle, what I mean is God supernaturally breaking in and God doing something in your life. And so something that you could put, you could write it down, you could put it in your phone, that you're believing God for that. So that's where I want to go. Let's pray. Acts chapter one, Father, we love you. And God, we ask that in these 21 days, I'm asking that in this house, Queen City Church, I'm asking for miracles. I'm asking for stories where people look back and say, only God could do that. I'm asking that there would be a restoration of relationships that right now seems so broken, it seems impossible. And God, I'm asking for healing in bodies. Lord God, that you would heal people that right now the temptation is to think it will never happen. I'll always have this pain, this disease, this challenge. And God, I'm asking that you would do supernatural healing miracles. God, I'm asking that you would provide supernaturally. God, I'm asking that you would do miracles where your people, the people of God, would look back and say, that was God at work. Lord, I ask that you would do it. Bless each one of these people. We thank you for what you're going to do. And everybody said amen. Amen. So what you're about to engage in over the next now 18 more days after tonight, 21 days, is actually a normative culture in the New Testament church. So the idea for us that let's gather and pray, we're actually not doing something novel. We're not doing something new. If you look at the early church, there was a culture of prayer from day one. So if you read through Acts, and if you were just to read through Acts, uh, I want to give you just a few verses in the first few chapters. Acts 1.14, they all gathered together constantly in prayer. Say prayer. prayer. They all gathered together constantly in prayer. Acts 1.24, then they prayed. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to, what's that word? Prayer. And to prayer. All right, a little more engagement, everybody. Come on, I got 20 years in youth ministry. I just need you to talk back to me a little bit. Um, one day, Acts chapter three, verse one, one day Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer. There's that word again, at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. So this was a time gathered together in prayer in the temple. Acts four twenty four. when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Acts four thirty one. after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they began to speak the word of God boldly. I want to encourage you that over the next 21 days, 18 days, you're engaging in a culture of prayer that we read about in the scriptures. And I want to invite you to believe in your bones that you're not just doing it because you're checking a box because you are a good Queen City person. You're not doing it to impress Pastor Brian. You're not doing it to impress your small group. You're not doing it to feel disciplined or religious. I want to increase that expectation 
that you're engaging in something that we read that took place in the New Testament church. And here's my dream, that you would believe in your bones that God is at work. So John Wesley, uh, so if you don't know who John Wesley is, he helped lead the Great Awakening. Uh, my dad used to look at me and say to me when I was in seventh grade, I was, I was four foot four in the seventh grade, everybody. And uh, so my dad used to get down on one knee, one knee and look at me in the eye and say, David, you're a John Wesley. And I'd be like, say, you're a John Wesley. All right, you're a John Wesley. I'd go back into my junior high. I'd tell myself, I'm a John Wesley. I'm a John Wesley. Been about two weeks into school, I go, Dad, who's John Wesley? You know, like, <laughs> only to have my dad tell me about this guy that helped lead the Great Awakening. Only for me to do my own research and realize that he was five foot two. And I didn't know if it was a compliment. <laughs> I didn't know all that was going on there. John Wesley, if you look at the founder of the Methodist Church, he said, prayer's where the action is. And what I want to dream for you is that you would believe deep in your bones. Prayer is where the action is. You live in a culture that tells you Netflix is where the action is. You live in a culture that says sports is where the action is. Fame is where the action is. It really, what you're doing is so countercultural to engage in 21 days of prayer. And here's the dream that you would, just like Pastor Brian said a moment ago, get so close to God that you would see God at work in the world, God at work in the little tiny things. And, and many times people will say, when you start to talk about how you prayed for something, you saw God intervene and people will say, coincidence. I love the old quote that says, the people that pray see the most coincidences. It's the people that pray that you can't talk them out of the fact. It was God at work. So my dream would be that after these 21 days, this habit would not be about your self-discipline or a book that you read about you being a religious person, but instead that it would be a New Testament reality. This is what, this is what, this is what it looks like to be a person that seeks God. I live from a place of prayer. I desire prayer and that you would be wholly addicted to encountering God. That you would be, uh, and, 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 and my dream would be, uh, uh, in a moment, I'm going to tell you a story about my dad and a miracle that I saw. And I'm telling you this story because I want you to imagine, I want you to picture in your mind, maybe write it down. What's the miracle that you're believing God for in these 21 days? A miracle that uh, I experienced in a prayer journey that was 23 days, not 21, it was 23 November of 2020, my dad, uh, who has been, uh, other than now my bride, but Renata, but when I was a kid, he was my best friend. And then through high school, he was my best friend. Through college, he was my best friend. And as I went into ministry, and he's just been my my whole life. He's been my my dearest friend. And uh, my dad developed uh, COVID, ARDS. He had pulmonary embolisms, pneumonia, and he went to the doctor, um, into the hospital, and they told him that over the course of time that he wasn't gonna live, that he was, they, it, was it was a death sentence. It was, it was, it was awful. And, if, and, and so he went in the first night, and you gotta know, um, my dad, well, he's, a, he's, a, he's a systematic disciple maker of his kids. So my parents had the shock of their lives in 1976 where they, um, they wanted to have a child 
and they accidentally had triplets. I won't tell you the whole story, but whoops, they had triplets. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a triplet, and uh, if you don't know what that is, it's where you have three people. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Uh, it's where you have three people born at the same time. It's similar to being born in a litter. And, um, <laughs> and so, um, uh, David, Dana, and Deborah, people ask if, uh, if we all look the same, um, which is hard because they're both girls. Um, <laughs> and they still ask. But anyway, so David, Dana, and Deborah, we're all the same height. And then um, five years later, they, they had another baby named Dan. Uh, my mom's name is Debbie. My dad's name is Hal. And um, <laughs> so, so my dad, though, when he accidentally had triplets in 1976, he, um, he, was, he, was, he, he had been studying how Jesus made disciples, and he started to intentionally disciple his children, David, Dane, and Deborah, like he read about Jesus discipling Peter and James and John. So he actually took... He, he, He's looked at how the questions that Jesus asked his disciples and the methods. So the way that Jesus would ask questions, who do you say that I am? Or that Jesus would say, do you love me? Or that Jesus would say, um, do you believe me? Do you, you see me at work? Do you? And so my dad then spent systematic time taking each one of us out one-on-one -on -one every week um, since we were about five and um, all the way for me through, uh, for all of us through high school, I, I kept it going through college. And so we're not talking about a dad who is passive. We're, we're talking about a very intentional disciple making dad. And so all of us uh, were very close to him. All, all four of us, the triplets plus Dan, all of us uh, went uh, straight in. All, we're all in full-time ministry. Um, and then uh, so we, we, we all began to text about dad went into the hospital. We decided to Zoom with him while he was in the hospital that first night in a prayer meeting and believe God that God would heal dad first night. Uh, first night went fine. Dad's on his phone. Um, he's, he's at, the, he was, at the time, he was 75. And th so then we went into night two. Then we went into night three. And then we went into night four. And then progressively, the news got worse five, six, seven. And so the oxygen machine that he's connected to goes up to 60 liters, where now he's full roar, 60 liters. Um, the doctor says, your lungs have experienced a mortal wound. You will not recover. The doctors be begin to call our family um, naive and said that we were living in denial as we began to uh, refuse talking about uh, all the funeral arrangements and those things, even, even the things that the hospital wanted us to do, uh, we, we were rejecting that and saying we were believing God and we were asking God. There started to be that little bit of tension there. Um, and, and my mom said to the doctor, um, we are praying that there will be a day that Hal comes home to which the doctor said, the only way that Hal will ever come home uh, to your house is if you build a hospital around the house. He will always be connected to an oxygen machine like this. You guys need to just basically let him go. Um, and and we're, we're, we're wrestling through that whole process. And I'm not putting doctors down, but I'm just talking about the real reality of the, the, the challenging scenario that we were in. And they were trying to be kind and, and, and as much as they could be. Um, and... And so we, we began to just pray every single night, six nights, seven nights, eight nights. And we, be, and, and we just moved everything around. Like uh, during that season, I, I'd have other people do whatever I had scheduled so that every night 
It was the top priority. Every night we were going to gather and pray. So the four, the four biological children plus spouses plus 14 grandkids. And many times, uh, many of the grandkids were on. The four biological uh, kids were on every single night. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And, and then we got to the end and my dad um, was going to be moved out into comfort care and... Um, and they were going to let my mom come in because now he was out of the COVID unit for the first time in 21 days. And they let my mom come in and my mom was thinking that she was going in to see my dad, um, potentially for the last time, certainly one of the last times. Um, my dad had lost all kinds of weight and he had just been uh, uh, living on this oxygen machine for so many weeks. And my mom came in and she sat down next to my dad and... Um, of course, they just embraced in their 70s and it's the first time they'd seen each other in over three weeks. And a nurse came in and she turned my dad's oxygen machine that had been on this entire time at 60 liters to 50, to 40, to 30, to 20, to 10, to five. And on December 9th, um, the nurse came in and then the doctor came in and said to my dad, Mr. Perkins, I'm not sure what's taken place, but your body has instantly healed itself. Wow. I've never prayed like that in my life. I've never cried as many tears. I, we actually have an audio recording um, as the doctor called it a miracle and my dad talking back in his wispy voice said, well, we believe that God did the miracle. She said, I'm not a religious person. I don't know how to explain it, but yes, this is a miracle. This is not explainable. Um, I'm not the kind of person that has been in the culture that constantly promotes, talks about miracles on TV or something. But when, when I saw, I, I, I'd sat the day before and I said, I, I was, the day before my dad was healed, I was Zooming with my dad. I took the afternoon and I was just asking him questions and I wrote in my prayer journal, conversation with dad and I dated it, thinking it might be my last conversation with him. And I was just asking him questions about following Jesus. And, and I made a commitment to the Lord that night. And I said, God, if you'll heal my dad, I will tell the story of not only you healing my dad, but that you are a miracle working present tense God now the rest of my life. And so part of me telling this story tonight is I'm still making good on that promise that I said to God that day. Here's one of the things I picked up on though. Not only did I experience the miracle of my dad being healed, but I experienced some benefits of believing in intercessory prayer every day that I didn't expect. And I want to give those to, to you tonight. And, and the reason why I want you to, to, to even think right now, what's the miracle? If God healed David's dad, what's the miracle that you're believing God for? Because as Americans... 
When you, I've traveled around the world, and when you get around people around the world that live in broken scenarios, oftentimes they'll believe God for miracles, but Americans often don't believe. They want to debate miracles, but they don't want to pray for miracles. And oftentimes it's because their lives are so good. Their entertainment's right, their food is right, their shelter is right, their transportation is right. They've got Netflix and sports, they've got food, they've got, and so there's no need for God. And because there's no need for God, there's no asking, there's no requesting. So when he says, asking, receive, seeking, and find, knock on the door, door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, all who seek, find, everyone who knocks on the door, the door will open. They're not asking, they're not seeking, they're not knocking because they're not desperate. But people that are desperate, people that are in a place of believing that God can and they desire for God to do more than where they currently are. They are the ones that actually see God at work. And they're the ones that believe in their bones more than entertainment, more than a meal, more than a a basketball or football game, that prayer is where the action is. And I wanna invite you tonight to actually, even, even if it's not, as dramatic as the one that I said, maybe it is. Maybe you have uh, a miracle like that in your life right now, that you're needing God to, to, to do something supernatural. But I wanna invite you to believe for that miracle. Here's some of the, here's some of the benefits along the way. I wanna just give you some surprises. You know, C.S. Lewis, when he wrote the book, Surprised by Joy, and he's talking about in his relationship with God, he was surprised by the joy of following Jesus. I could call this surprised by intercession. Believing for a miracle. Let me tell you some of the benefits of some of the things that took place. First of all, I'm, I'm surprised. I was surprised by the benefit that prayer is actually where the friendship with God is. Prayer is where the friendship is. When you look in the scriptures, people like Moses, we find him as the intercessor. Exodus chapter 32. And he's praying and he's asking God for, on behalf of the Israelites, the people of God. And he's crying out on their behalf for not to have judgment. And then you look at the relationship that God and Moses have. And in Exodus 33, he's the friend of God saying, now show me your glory. There's a correlation and a connection. How he's getting, standing in the gap, believing, asking God in prayer. And guess what? It's the people in intercession that end up with intimacy. It's the people that ask God, because it's in the place, in the place of prayer, you start to get God's heart. God downloads his heart to you in the place of prayer. So even like Philippians 1.8, where it says, I long for you with the affections of Christ, and this is my prayer. How did Paul get to where he longed for them with the affections of Christ? In the place of prayer. In prayer, you'll be surprised, what Brian said a moment ago, how close you get to God. And so you might be praying for a miracle. It took place for me. On the, I was leading our last, uh, I was le- a Wednesday night prayer meeting. And it was the last Wednesday night before my dad was healed on a Friday. And I'm, sometimes I'll go up and you know, lead it and it's kind of like getting people involved. It's kind of happy and jovial. And for, I think, I, I don't, can't say it exactly, but about 45 minutes, I just led in prayer and my whole prayer was just weeping and just looking to God and just saying, I love you, I trust you. I got in my car and I remember I was driving to go home to Zoom with my dad and family. So I had to 
prayer meeting that led to church, and then basically I had a prayer meeting in my car before I got to the online prayer meeting. And I'm in my car, and I just said to God, I love you, I trust you. If the doctors are right, this outcome is not what I had hoped for. But whether he lives or dies, I'm bedrock. I gave my life to you when I was 12. My dad might have been the one that led me to you. And if I lose him, I will love you as my first love until my last breath. And I'll never forget in 23 nights of praying like I had never prayed. I had prayed Bible prayers. I had prayed for revival. I had prayed worship songs. But in that place of desperation, oh God, don't let my dad die. I had cried more tears than I've ever cried. And I didn't think I had anything left. James 4, 8, when he says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. I want to tell you, if you'll draw near, if you'll cry, you believe, you can even believe in contending in prayer for the miracle that you're believing God for. And you'll wake up on the other side and you'll say, I feel close to God. I'm telling you 18 nights from now, you lock in, believe God for the miracle. And I want to invite you actually, actually write it down. Actually believe God. This is what I'm believing God for. This is what I said to my team. I want to invite you guys, put on there, what do you believe in God for? What are you actually fasting? Because you could, in the middle of it, just kind of forget what you're asking God for and forget what you're fasting. I want to invite you, what's the miracle that you're believing God for? And not only will you find yourself closer to God, but you'll be surprised at how you'll find yourself closer to Christian friends, too. I'm addicted to prayer meetings. I started a prayer meeting when I was 14 uh, every day in school. And that's kind of how I started ministry. It was an accident. Um, but we saw a little mini revival take place in my public junior high. And, and so I've been in a lot of prayer meetings. Um, at the end, after dad was healed, my sister-in-law, uh, my brother Dan, his wife's name is Amy, and she sent us this long text in the text thread for the family, which by the way, in the middle of the prayers for my dad, I renamed the text thread from Perkins family to living in denial. <laughs> I was, I'm going down fighting. And uh, she was, sent this long text and she said, um, I'm so grateful to have Hal alive and I miss warring in prayer with you guys every night I've never felt so close to all of you in all of our years of ministry and doing life nothing has ever brought us together like praying every night for how I feel like I've just finished a battle I feel like we've been we've gone to war together and I just wanna thank you because it's an honor to be in this family and to do life together. And I was thinking about that, not, that, that two years later is still so incredibly true for us as a family. Never have we been so close. I live in a culture that says, here's where we'll really be close. 
Let's just watch the game together. Let's, let's have, and, and, and we're all for that. There can be hobbies, that, things in common that make us close. And I want to tell you, nothing will help you develop closer friendship than when you see God at work with someone and you've been warring together and you've been praying and you start to care for them and you want to get God's heart for them. So you're praying that the miracle, the healing that they need, you're praying for the salvation that they need, the friend that they're praying that they would come to Christ, the restoration of their parents' marriage. When do, and I'm telling you, the friendships that are formed in the battleground of prayer last that pulls you together. And some of you say, I'm lonely, I'm isolated. Give yourself to prayer, watch what happens. Give yourself to gathering with some other comrades and believing and asking God because then when there's the moment where God works, the moment where you have, you have stood with them in the darkest moment, it's, it's better than a touchdown celebration. It's better than another round of just nachos at Chili's where we're just, nachos is what we have in common. When you, when there is language, right now, I've got one of my best friends with me, Nathan, and we've gone to war together and we've got these stories about God at work. Some of you, you're new to church life. I wanna invite you, when you see God at work and it's camaraderie, we prayed, we united together in prayer. Some of my closest friends are still from the ninth grade because in ninth grade, we were believing God for a, move of, a little move of God in our school. Then we got to where we saw 240 kids coming every day to pray before school. Oh, only God could do that. Unites you. So I want to invite you to punt on some lesser things so that you can give time to what matters most. Give up on some lesser things and make these prayer meetings a priority. Surprise, you'll end up close to God. Surprise, you'll end up with some friendships that, you, that you're praying for something that matters, where you're demonstrating Christ-likeness by caring for them. In my journey with my siblings, I'm just giving you that story because that's what, it, it, it united us. And the last one I just wanna encourage you with is the power. It's easy to have an argument about there's no supernatural power when you've never seen it. It's easy for churches and churches end up on spectrums and they want to debate, debate Arminianism and Calvinism and let's go ahead and debate cessationism or some form of charismatic expression, the gifts and all those things. I'm not inviting you to a theological debate. I'm inviting you to when you with tears see God at work and you know in your bones God or just like we would read about in Acts, just like where we would see where Peter and John would say, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. When you see God work in power, I'm telling you, if you'll give yourself, even in these 21 days, there are moments where it's just, boom, God works. It's just, you can't explain it. It's not a system. It's a God that decides to sovereignly step in and pow, be at work. And when that happens, it changes you. There's less desire to just have arguments because you've had encounters that form your lifestyle. And you go, I've seen God work. I've seen this. I know this is silly, but uh, this is the easiest way I can explain it because I'm a dad. I I have four kids. When my kids were babies, 
we had this jack-in-the-box. I know, old school, here we go. But this jack-in-the-box, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's, it's, the, it's a toy that you, you whine like, and then it makes a sound, and then a little clown, scary clown, jumps out <laughs> at you. And so it's, it goes like... And then pop, it comes out, right? Except for the uniqueness of the toy is that it scares the child because you never know when the pop's going to happen. So you have to keep winding and then occasionally, every once in a while, you don't know exactly when, there's this pop. And so for me, as silly as this is, in 21 days of prayers, here, here's what I want to tell you. It is not a Coke machine you, where you put in your $5 to get a Coke and it, get it. It's not a system. It's not, it's a, it, it, you do, here's what is happening. You're laboring in the spiritual realm. You're laboring and you have a God who loves to hear the prayers of the saints. And yes, and he is sovereign. And how God works is God, it's clear in the Sermon on the Mount, prayer actually matters. When you believe in your bones that prayer actually matters and you faithfully, day in, day out, come to the prayer meeting, believe God, you're not just on your phone playing games, checking a, bo- a religious box that I went to please the staff, but actually I'm doing homework. No, you're actually engaging in prayer. You're crying out to God. Here's what you're doing. da 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 and every once in a while you get the pop and God supernaturally gives a miracle every once in a while there's that pop so we like it when we can control God just like we can control everything else we can control all of our profiles all of our systems we are the, an internet generation we have all uh, my profile my life my, and so when God can fit in my box I'll do it and if God doesn't fit in my box I'm not sure that I want to believe in a God that I don't understand okay it's about you not about him but when you come before him as a child which is actually the way that Jesus told us to pray to pray like a child we don't want to pray like children we, we, we made double digits on our ACT we're, we're smart people we, we, we can make some money I don't, want to, I don't want to come to God like no child but here's what Jesus said like a child here's what children do they come knowing you have all you're smarter than I am so I'm coming before you and I'm asking so you come before God like a child that's what Jesus said which if you fathers would give a bad gift to your child. You don't give them a, a stone. You don't give them a snake. Your father longs, delights to give you good gifts. And there's more for those that ask. So we come before God and that's what we're doing in 21 days of prayer. We're believing God. We're asking, seeking, knocking, believing God. Be at work, God. Pop! And you go, tears. If you're me, tears. If you're Nathan, what's up? I mean, you know, like, different people respond to, but when you see God, and, 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 and you never know. Sometimes it's da 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 pa, And sometimes, most of the time, I feel like it's da 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 Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, January, February, March. Five years have gone by now. Some of you might get a little pop now. Some of you might get a little pop Come on. in a couple years. 
But there will be a day where we will stand before God in Revelation 19. And there's a moment where we go, similar to pop. Hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent reigns. I think we'll look back at human history and you won't look back at your life and say, God, you did not hear the prayers of the saints. You did not move. The heavens were brass and it was a mean God that told us something that wasn't true to fill our time with nothingness. You'll look back and instead you'll look at the God that told you to pray and you'll say, You used my prayers in the eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. That prayer, and oh, God, huh. You said in Romans eight, even when I just groan, it's a prayer. He goes, oh yeah, heard the groans, heard the songs, heard the prayers that sounded intelligent because you used a Bible verse. <laughs> heard the prayers where you said, dear God, get me out of this disaster. I promise I'll never do it again. God, you heard every word, every word. Every prayer mattered, every prayer. God, if I could have seen then what I could see now, I would have given myself to pray. Son, I didn't tell you to understand it. I told you to do it like a child. God, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out how you use the free will prayers of the saints and you're sovereign. And because I couldn't figure it out, I just took 10 steps out and, and I just backed up and punted and gave up on prayer. Oh, to have the confession. God, I believed in faith. And I turned off ESPN. You will have to forego good things to be an intercessor. Nobody in this culture with the internet has nothing to do. You will have to say goodbye to other things in order to give yourself to prayer for 21 days and beyond. But our prayer is that you would encounter God in such a way that it wouldn't be, that 21 days would just whet your appetite. And you'd say, for life. I'm giving myself to prayer. Pop. Power of God. I want to invite you to just write down what's your miracle? What's the miracle you're believing God for? My son, uh, Dawson, he was 16. Um, he started to pray with his buddy for God to heal his buddy's voice. Two 16-year-olds, they had met um, at a youth camp and my son's name is Dawson and and his friend's name is Jimmy and Jimmy lives in California and Jimmy uh, was born with a physical defect in his voice box to where he had a high-pitched voice. So he he, he he did, at 16 years old, it it sounded very wispy and high-pitched and I would be driving and Dawson would be in the backseat on FaceTime with his, one of his closest friends, Jimmy. And I, I, I thought, who is that and what, what's wrong? And Dawson told me and they would pray for Jimmy's voice and Jimmy was believing God to heal his voice. And Jimmy had been praying for years and years that God would heal his voice. And then I, they went that next summer, they'd been together one summer and then, then they, they went to this camp And Jimmy was in worship and he sensed like the Holy Spirit told him not to sing. And he just stood there and prayed. Then he got down on his knees and he just prayed. The service ended, they went back into worship. And when Jimmy went to sing, this little boy who had a 
his whole life had had this high-pitched voice with a broken voice box. At 16 years old, he started to sing and it sounded like a low-pitched, how great is our God. And I want you to see it. So I've got, I've got, cause this is, this is not a stranger. Cause I know you could think, oh, this guy came in from Kansas City and I, I want you to see some of the stories. I, 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 I just believe when we pray, God does stuff. This is Jimmy, I want you to see it. This is Jimmy preaching from Instagram. Uh, my name's Jimmy. Um, for those of you who don't know me and for those of you who do know me, I think um, you'd know that my faith and God is just such a big part of my life. Then God um, healed him and he came to our youth conference this summer. And this is Jimmy praying last summer, sorry, at our youth conference. Get this next one. Let's give King Jesus a shout out, everybody. I invite you to stand with me. Imagine if you were a dad, old, 45, my age, looking for burial plots, desperate for your children to walk with God and know Him. Imagine what it's like when your 16-year-old son prays with his friend and you get a text from your 16-year-old dad, all caps, God healed Jimmy. What? Question mark. God healed Jimmy, dad. No, no, no. What do you mean? Doesn't hurt? His voice doesn't hurt me? No, no. Dad, his voice is normal. Dad. God's a healer. Dad. God's good. Dad. I can't stop talking about how great our God is. Some of you will lead a family one day. Some of you are right now. I want to invite you, invite you. Don't go light on the prayer topic. Build a family culture of prayer. Watch God supernaturally. I was with my daughter. She's 16 now. And the other day, she goes, Dad, what's with you? We were driving down the road. I was like, what's with me? What do you mean? And she goes, you've changed. I have? She goes, yeah. She goes, now you're the crying miracle guy. (laughs) I said, yeah. You know, Liv, God healed my dad. And God heals Dawson's buddy. I don't know. I just 
just believes he's a God of miracles. He's a miracle worker. And I think I came to Cincinnati tonight to pray with you for the miracle that you're believing God for. Just stretch out your hands. And would you just, between you and God for just a moment, would you just whisper to him, here's the miracle I'm asking for. I mean, just something real. Don't ask God, like, hey, God, let me be nicer. I mean, maybe that's a miracle. I don't know, but I mean, like something miraculous. I just want to believe with you tonight. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come before you and we know you're the God of miracles. God, you're the God of Elijah. God, you're the God of Peter and John. Say, silver and gold I don't have, but in the name of Jesus, walk. God, you're still doing miracles and we ask tonight, Queen City Church, Cincinnati, God, fill this house with faith. God, fill this house with prayer and intercession. God, we're asking that the miracle-working God would change hearts, heal bodies, restore relationships, provide supernaturally, help us care about what you care about, that there'd be a miracle, a little revival in Cincinnati that we would care. It's not just Pastor Brian and Heather that say, we want to see thousands come to know Jesus. Oh God, what's in your heart? God, put it in our heart. Only God could do that. Only God did that little revival miracle called Queen City Church. That's God at work. Brian couldn't accomplish that. That's a great lead team, but they couldn't accomplish it. That is God at work. We just come before you tonight. We ask, have your way. Do miracles in this house. Do miracles in this city. I pray for every man or woman here tonight that's just asking for that miracle. Oh God, would you do it? Fresh faith, fresh fire. In Jesus' name. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at queencitypeople or visit queencitypeople.com.